So, so my neighbor, he um, ah, bubble in your throat, to, huh? No, I'm trying to like swallow some of this this chicken pot pie that got stuck in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> my <laughs> my neighbor posted a pot pie. <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! lovely sound this is asinine radio this is the weekly music podcast this is the greatest podcast you'll ever hear in your life because this is the one where we take a different album from a different artist every week and we break it down we really do our research we do the best we can we find out all the secrets about the record and we we reveal these secrets to all of you out there (laughs) and we hope you enjoy it because i don't know i'm I'm rambling so Mm -hmm. go to itunes go rate review and subscribe to us on there follow us on social media at asinine radio please give us five stars on itunes because that means the world to us so go please do that my name is tyler way out there hundreds of miles away weather neither is jeff now, Jeff, what uh, what are we doing today? What what album by what band? What are we doing? Mm. We're doing uh, an album by Jane's Addiction, and we're doing Ritual, uh, Ritual de Lo Habitual.
Jane's Addiction, formed in Los Angeles, California in 1985 by Perry Farrell on vocals, Eric Avery on bass, and soon after recruited Stephen Perkins on drums and Dave Navarro on guitar. They currently have four full-length albums, two live albums, four compilations, and have sold several million copies worldwide. But the album we're doing today is Ritual De Lo Habitual. It's the band's second rec- studio album. It was released August 21st, 1990. It features the classic lineup of Perry, Eric, Dave, and Steven. This album is also the most successful to date, selling over 2 million copies worldwide. Now, Jeff, what is your, what's your origin story with this band? What do you got? I, uh, I don't... I don't know when the first time I heard Jane's edition was. I just know mm-hmm. that I've I've heard Jane says so many times. And mm-hmm. I guess my more recent um relationship with Jane's Addiction was Entourage when Superhero, the song Superhero came on and I was like, Dude, this sounds like the fucking band that sings Jane says. Because <laughs> like who else sounds like Perry Frill? So True. And um, I guess like that's that's my origin story. But even then, yeah. I I never even I never cared. I never cared because I never thought Jane says was was anything to write home about. It's, yeah, it's fine. It's unique. And but I always just kind of like okay, that's a '90s song from that band. And even like superhero, that's not that's not like a great song. It was just an intro song to Entourage. It yeah, wasn't so it has that nostalgia for you. Yeah, it w- it wasn't until recently um that I really got into Jane's addiction and and do you remember last year when people were posting like the 10 albums that influenced their life in some capacity on Facebook? Who was posting about that? Oh, you know, I remember. Yeah. Just yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, it was a yeah. trend in general. Yeah, yeah, cuz I, I I was a part of that. I I added my two cents to that. So so my neighbor he um Oh, bubble in your throat, to, huh? No, I'm trying to like swallow some of this this chicken pot pie that got stuck in my throat. <laughs> my, <laughs> my neighbor posted a chicken pot pie. <laughs> my neighbor posted dude, chicken pot pie is so good. It is good. It's great. My my neighbor posted a picture of Jay's Addiction live album, the, their their first one, kind of, and he he said like this is not my yeah. favorite Jay's Addiction album, but this is the one that that really got me into this scene and I was kind of like, okay. And then we were talking, I talked to him about music a lot and we were talking and he was talking about how, how great Jane's addiction was. And and then I kind of told him my origin story and he says, well, you gotta, you gotta dig deeper because there's a lot there. And so I gave the live album like a superficial once over thought it was yeah. okay. Just, just to kind of, you know, I, humor him i guess and in, in some capacity didn't really give it too much thought um i don't know why that kind of sucks but then but then we were jamming like several months ago and the one of the one of the other guys we were jamming with uh, was playing guitar and he was playing i would for you the the live mm-hmm. song from their live album and it's only two chords it's just it's just it's, yeah. it's like a high d and, and then like a fucking c or something and it's super easy and he was playing it and he was like, who knows this one? And I said, like, dude, this could be fucking any song. Like, I don't know. This this sounds like <laughs> generic shit. And then my neighbor just started fucking singing it. And he's like, and he was singing all the words to it. I was like, holy fuck. Like the way you're singing it though, with his, 
with his like chord progression, I I dig. Like, who is that? And he's like Jane's Addiction, the same album that you listen to. And I was like, oh, <laughs> now now I got egg in my face. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah, you're a fool. You're a fool. I, yeah, who who's the fool though? The fool, the fool, the fool's a fool. So okay, I was the fool. Obi-Wan. Yeah. And then uh, I I I started like trickling here and there more songs and. I don't know. I guess I guess my my origin story really is is the past year of, of with, with Jane's addiction. Otherwise, it was just Jane says and and superhero, both of which are very mediocre Jane's addiction songs. Yeah. Does that answer your fucking question? It does answer my fucking question. Yes, it does. Thank you for the attitude. I really appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so my, my origin story, I, I don't remember the first time I ever heard Jane's Addiction, but I know, I mean, I've heard that song that we just played, you know, been caught stealing a million times that, and then stop. Those are the two songs that I've just heard countless amounts of times. But Jane says, I don't feel like I, I mean, I obviously I know the song, but I don't know. It just never, these two songs are the ones that I remember the most. And, uh, yeah, I just I never there. Was, I've always liked the songs, but it was never enough for me to go dig deeper because I I was never really a fan of Perry's vocals. I never really thought anything of of Dave's guitar playing, and then just because of those two things, I just never I never cared enough. And then over the last maybe six or seven years, listening to certain podcasts, people have always spoken so highly of Eric Avery, especially of Eric Avery. And his bass playing, and uh, and I totally understand why. I totally understand why. Dude, that fucking guy rips it up. And Stephen Perkins too, killer fucking drummer. But yeah, and and then I just never listened to them until this week, until we decided to do this, and it was fun. Like if you if you listen to the the album rankings, it, it was a good listen. Their last two records were they were they were fine, but these uh these first three, the live one included, they're solid output from the band for sure but there are definitely some weak moments and or weak members in this band for sure weak for sure oh yeah weak weak or weaker okay let's Dave say navarro weaker. is not weak let's say weaker let's say weaker okay let's say weaker. i'll give you that i'll give you that because there is one person in this band that i just i don't i don't i can't it's hard for me to get into so, um, so do we have any stinkers? Let's start no. with this. Do we have any no, stinkers? No, no stinkers for me. Okay, I don't have any stinkers either. Um, I have four bangers. Yes, I have four, four bangers. Yeah, four bangers. Damn, that's it. What do you got? That, that's all you need. <laughs> well, that's that's not entirely accurate. Uh, so how many? What do you got? Nine? Because there's nine songs. You got nine I, bangers. I kind of have. I'll I'll say. Just for the sake of argument, I'll say seven bangers. Oh my god! But really, I really have like six. But one, I I could do, I could do as a banger. Okay, okay. Maybe just because so, of, of its sequencing. A classic girl, the, the the last song. I think I could I could put as a banger because I think then she did, and of course, are are my okay songs. Really, I see. I I think classic girl is that's my least favorite song. Definitely the low point of the record. The lowest point of the record was was the the last song, for me. That's, I mean, that's wrong. But um, I don't think the song is that spectacular. 
I don't I, care for Perry's vocals on it. The last three songs I thought were okay. They were. It's this is the. You know, like like the 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 bottom of the hill of the album. We've already we've already we started at the top of the hill and then and, and we were climbing still and eventually we got there and and after after three days, the last three songs they were they were fine. <laughs> They're okay. Okay, all right. I, I think of course is is pretty cheesy. It's uh, it's pandering. It's, it's a little, eh. yeah. I eh. mean, we do you want to get more into that one or? Just it's it's it has this this little mi- mi- middle bleh, bleh. it has this Middle Eastern tinge to it, and that's all you need yeah. to know. It's yeah. And I I read something that was interesting about this one too was that Eric Avery. This is the only song he didn't play bass on because he was he was pissed off about something, and he just refused to play it. And uh, and so I guess I think the engineer ended up playing bass on it. And I, I think what it ended up being was that Eric Avery was just mad because Perry Perry Farrell is kind of a dick and was just controlling everything and micromanaging everything. So he's like over it. So that's why he, just, he refused to play on it. Well, I mean, and, it's um, it's completely understandable, as as we mentioned in the rankings that I mean, this this band was dude, this band was fucking just like doomed from their first album. And Perry yeah. Farrell had had demanded fifty percent royalties oh, because dude. he wrote most of the music, and then he demanded like another twenty percent because he was writing like guitar parts and and shit like that. But he was only writing yeah. the guitar parts because he was telling everybody else what to do, and that's what pissed off Eric Avery. He's like, "No, dude, I'm fucking tired of you telling me what to do. I'm not going to play in this song." <laughs> but eventually, like like uh, uh, Perry Farrell, eventually got like sixty percent of of the royalties from this album. I know. I can't believe he got away 60 with sixty fucking percent. It's unbelievable he got away with it. Like what a dumb shit. Like ah. But then you have to blame the band too for just you know fucking bending well, over I and mean, taking it. You know, it's just kind like, of, ugh. kind of because who whoever whoever was managing the band clearly favored. Perry Farrell. And so whoever was managing the band was probably spinning it to Dave, Eric, and Steven that without Perry, you guys would be nothing. And it's it's kind of true in a sense to where the the unique vocals of Perry kind of set them apart from everybody, even though the other three members, even Dave included, much as you hate them, I think they're all great. I think they're a phenomenal Why band. Why do you think I hate Dave? I know you. I know you hate Dave and you hate Perry because you're a <laughs> cock. So, whatever. I think they're a phenomenal band, even without Perry. But I, I think it's like management siding with Perry on this one for whatever reason. And then even, mm-hmm. even, even so, like, dude, Dave was like, I mean, I, I don't know. Take this for what it's worth, but Dave has has said numerous times in numerous accounts that he has like zero recollection of recording this album because of how fucked up he was. So strung out. And so it's it's you know a, a a band who made a real good name for themselves in the mid '80s, and then got signed to a big label, had a bunch of money, and then fell victim, especially Eric and Dave, to like drugs, and then trying to shake the drug habit. But then Perry falls back into drugs, and it's just different people. But isn't it at isn't different it times? Even- Think about think about it this way too. Isn't it even more despicable that Perry did what he did when it came to like the royalties and all that kind of stuff, 
and the the credits, knowing full well that Dave is completely strung out out of his mind on heroin. Eric's not doing too hot, and to to kind of pull that one on them when they're when they're just not there, that's that's shady. That's some I, shady I, shit. I think this band was young. I think this was a time in 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 music. I mean, it it probably still happens where the record labels is pushing for something. And if, if Dave and Eric are going to be just, you know, strung out, but they're willing to sign their, their life away, then I think the record labels holding that over their manager's head in turn, the manager needs to make money. And so he's holding that in front of Perry and everybody else. And everyone else is looking to Perry because he's seemingly the only person that's not fucking strung out on drugs all the time. And I, I think he's was. Just, I, he was just the most coherent of the of the group, you know. I think it's just a bad situation all around that somebody was was taking advantage of somebody who was taking advantage of somebody else, and I, I don't yeah, think there yeah, are yeah. any 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 winners, but I think everybody here was a loser. And yeah, it's they sad. were all it really is yeah, sad. They were, but I but Perry but but what Perry w- was doing was just kind of like dude, such a dick move. Such a dick move, and like you said too, like the way that they probably spun it to the to the other band members makes it even worse. Like it's fucked up, dude. It's so fucked up. It's because it we is. all because because we all know, or at least for me, especially on this record, the best part of this entire record is the rhythm section, which I wholeheartedly believe that Perry Farrell had like nothing to do with that, and it was all Eric and Stephen. Because, dude, that was the highlight. Truly, the highlight of this record was the rhythm section. They they held not only just held everything together, but it had some of the best moments. It wasn't bland ever. When when a lot of times Perry's vocals were just mediocre at best. Because I don't think he's that. He's not a great singer. He does one. Thing. I don't think he is. He does one thing, but he doesn't do it that well. Oh, he's the only one that does it. I, yeah, nobody okay, sounds like Perry Farrell. He's the only good. one that does. No, I'm not saying it's good. It's just his shtick, his his thing is he does. It's Perry Farrell. It's iconic yeah. in itself. And, Much like and, Bob Dylan, terrible, but you know it's unique to him, I guess. So it's, it's we all have to, to love it. We all gotta love it. We all gotta love it, right? Because they do it, so we all gotta love it. Oh, well, you should on. love Bob. It's Dylan. silly boy talk. That's silly boy talk. We all know. Well, I mean, you're comparing like Jane's Addiction to. The greatest songwriter of all time, but that's fine. The greatest songwriter of all time who wrote five songs and has admitted that. Oh, I've written five songs, but I've put out 50 fucking albums. Okay. Not 50, like 25. Fuck out of here, 50 albums. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, though, Perry Farrell is, dude, he's the worst part of this band through and through. Like, without a doubt, the worst part of this band. I I, I don't like that. I don't like him at all. At all. I don't like him. Everything I've read about him, he seems like a really oh, shitty person outside of music. And musically, he's not... Yes, he has his style, but it's not... Even like, even as like a frontman, he, he seems kind of cool as a frontman, but it's not... It's, it's whatever. Like, I, There's so many like hundreds of other frontmen who are better than him. Like, He doesn't do anything exceptionally well at all. At all. So uh, no, I'm, just not, I, I'm just not a fan I, of Perry. I just I, I don't agree. understand it. 
I think, what, come on, what do, you, what, what do you mean you don't? You, you understand why he's iconic. You understand why he's popular. You may not like it, but you understand it. He's nah. iconic and popular because he has a unique voice. Because he has unique a unique voice, voice and has propelled this band in, in eventually the, the, the Hall of Fame status. Like, this band is iconic because of Perry Farrell. If he was not in this band, if you put any any of your other hundred singers that you think are so great in this band, they'd be fine. Even with the phenomenal rhythm section, even with that. But because his voice was so unique, so weird, so so metal, but so alternative in the nineties and the eighties, he was the mm-hmm. reason that this band became popular. So like True. you gotta understand, you gotta know why. You don't have to like it. Because I don't like it either. I think, I think he's he he relies on that sound that yeah that and that's sound. another thing. There's another thing that's another thing too about Perry is that I think the only thing that makes him stand out from everybody else is that he sings so high, like it's his vocal range. It's so high. But then when you really break down, especially um, uh, the the second record, the 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 oh my god, what is nothing nothing's shocking. When, especially when you look at that record, dude, it's Anthony Kiedis through and through. It's Anthony Kiedis. The way he, there's so many moments on that record, and even on this record too. There are so many moments that are like, okay, he's he's just he's influenced so much by Anthony Kiedis, and it fucking shows. But the only difference is that he sings way higher than Kiedis does. That's it. Okay. So, Otherwise, so, they're like they're, oh. they're their vocal stylings are very similar on these records. So we can agree because Anthony Kiedis is a little bit different. Anthony Kiedis, there's nothing that really makes him like unique in his singing. He's just ex- weird, except for the fact that he's a little bit quirky and he's just a really good singer. Like on record and live, he's he's not he's no like fucking Regina Spector, but he he holds the tune well. <laughs> but yeah. we can agree that Perry Farrell is popular. Jane's Addiction became popular because of that unique weirdness. And it yeah, wasn't just true. his voice; it was also his 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 demeanor. It was uh, it was his dreadlocks. It was just him being obnoxiously weird. He was just like that kid in high school that was weird because he wanted to be weird, and he made sure everybody knew that he was weird, and nobody gave a fuck. But he made sure people yeah. knew that he was weird, and I, I that's that's and that's even more obnoxious. It is obnoxious. That's even more obnoxious. And and you know because I, I, like I said I, before like on on the on the al- on the album ranking episode I was I was saying I watched a bunch of live videos of, of this era of the the late eighties and and like nineteen ninety, and <clears throat> and people are always saying like how amazing this band was live and there was just so much energy and it was wild and like I I saw glimpses of it, but the best part of the live performance was not Perry. Perry was like he he it almost seemed like to the point he was trying too hard to be cool, trying too hard to be weird at times. And it came off very phony, very funny. But then everything else was flawless. It was, it sounded, they sounded great live, but Perry was so underwhelming. And I was, as a front man, I, I was, I was, I couldn't believe it. I, I just didn't get it. I don't, I don't get him except outside of the fact that he's just, he has that weird voice. But that's, I don't. I don't. That's it. I mean, people people fall for less than that. I mean, people True, like bands yeah. with with frontmen that even have less of a unique voice. I just he has a unique voice, and and he is he is subjugated to that because yeah. As far as the lyrics are concerned, there's like one 
song on this entire album that I thought, much like the Static X album, that I thought was like, okay, this is this is a little bit deeper. Everything else I thought yeah. was very, very superficial, very one-dimensional, very, you know, high school. Well, and even the moments where he was talking about like you know deaths and and with his ex girlfriend or that girl whoever you want to whatever you want to call her it w- it was still done in a very superficial way it wasn't done like it didn't even really seem like an homage to to her death or or anything like that it was it was weird it was super weird but anyway so, I mean given that Perry Farrell I agree is the worst part of this band. And when I say like worst part, I don't mean like least best. I do think he's like the worst part. Yeah. But the, but very little to like about him. But he does he does sometimes add some really fucking cool just weird vocal parts that I think fit well with the weirdness of this band. Yeah, that's true. Which, but that's like which, Anthony Kiedis too. Which leads me into my second least favorite person is Dave Navarro. But Agreed. I guess we're ranking members now, but <laughs> yeah, might as well, right? Dave, Dave Navarro, I've never, I've this guy is he's he's the host from Ink Masters and was in he was on one Red Hot Chili Peppers album. This is to me, this is that guy. But this mm-hmm. this this listen through, I think he's I think he's a lot better than I ever gave him credit for. But that's Agreed. I never gave him I never gave him a lot of credit though. I'm not saying he's going down the history books as one of the best, but he's definitely exponentially better than I ever thought he could be. Very true, very true. And he surprised me the most out of anybody on this album. I wouldn't I say he's terrible. I wouldn't say he surprised me the most, but it was I was very um I I liked that he he wasn't like a straightforward rock star guitar player even though a lot of people describe him as that as like this like flashy kind of like image. slash that's his image like, like, the, like he kind of he gets compared to slash a lot but i think that's only because of, the, of his of his looks like he has that that defining look he has that that character that he plays but style wise he doesn't play like that he has he has a more subdued role in the band but it works so well for him and he's not i mean he has some pretty cool guitar solos and some cool leads here and there but Overall, he's there to like accent everybody else, like accent the rhythm section, like. And then reading more about Eric Avery's approach to to the songs, was like he plays the way he plays bass is like a rhythm guitar player with chords, and he doesn't just follow just normal normal bass playing, I guess you could say. And I don't know, it it it, it was it's a cool combination between the the, the three instrumentalists in this band. It was, the way, it was super cool. The way I kind of imagined it is like Eric and Steven, like they, they both know that each other are just absolutely phenomenal. And Dave yeah. just kind of wants to hang out and he does his best. And Eric and Steven appreciate it and they let him do his thing at points. But all three of them know that Perry is 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 the odd man out. But at the same time, they all three know that Perry's also going to be the one that is going to catapult them into stardom. He's the one that's going to make him money. In the yeah. End. Even though they I mean, all know that he's the fucking worst. Yeah. I mean, it, it all, I think in, with this band, it all comes down to money. 
and that's why I feel like the the two reunion albums that they they did in the two thousands, they were cash grabs. Like, come on, they had to be because they 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 just totally were, and it 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 really goes to show how much Eric had to do with with the music and how much he contributed to the songs because like we talked about those two albums were just so lackluster, so lackluster. And then you listen to this record and nothing's shocking. And you're just like, dude, I mean, he shines, he absolutely shines in every song, even the slower songs that shouldn't be a little, shouldn't be intricate or anything like that. He, dude, he has some great moments, absolutely great moments. But, um, yeah, should we? Uh, what, what's, what's your, your What's your biggest banger? My My biggest banger stop the the opening okay. the opening That's track. Mine too. I I think I I don't know. That's like, like this this intro is so rad and it comes in so strong. And this is one of the few times where I think Perry really brings it hard. And one of the few times where I mm-hmm. thought like, holy shit, I'm glad he's singing this song because I don't think anybody else could have done it. And I don't think yeah, like he's he, great. He was, but dude, he brought it here. He brought it. This is like I feel like this is the only song on the record that that really represents the band as like a live band. And maybe it's because of the music video, but this is this is where like every member kind of shines. The only moment on this record where this everybody shines on this this on a song. There's just there's I think so I think much, this, is, this is the best. There's so much damn noise too. Like the bass is just noodling around and this weird kind of funky stop and go riffage and like yeah. everything about this is just absolutely amazing and the song is so fucking perfect. And what's really cool too, even about with with Dave's guitar playing, it's just like a very kind of like cool funk funk thing that he's doing on the guitar. It's nothing super complicated. He's just playing higher on the neck and he's just like that 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 funk rhythm that he's just playing while Eric Avery is noodling kind of and Perkins is just fucking doing his, his weird kind of off the cuff beats which are very they're very subtle but you really have to listen to to hear them but when you, once you you kind of connect with his drumming you're like wow dude this guy this guy's a sick drummer he's really really cool so what i what i notice a lot about Dave's guitar playing and i don't think it was intentional i think it's just his his skill level compared to Steven and Avery but he's very He's very sloppy. He's very sloppy. Yeah. He he like notes bleed together a lot and he he's not he's trying to be technical but it's just not you're not hearing every note being played. And so everything is kind of just yeah. bleeding together. But what he has going for him is the fact that Steven and Avery or and Eric or Avery, but they can they also play sloppy. But it's a deliberate mm-hmm. sloppy that ba- that helps like push Dave up to the forefront to where his solo doesn't sound sloppy because he's bad. It sounds intentionally sloppy. Whereas Steven and mm-hmm. Eric are playing yeah. to Dave. They're like dumbing themselves it's down a, to Dave. It, it, yeah, and it's it's a very loose sounding. This song especially is a very loose sounding song. It's very like swingy, almost. I wouldn't say groove based, but it's it's very swingy and dude, it, it it's catchy as hell. And what what you're saying about like how how he play how Navarro plays the guitar, and 
I agree with you totally on that, and I and I totally understand why he he ended up being the guitar player for the Red Hot Chili Peppers because he has a lot of the same techniques that Frusciante has, but the difference is when Frusciante plays, he plays like mostly clean guitar, so you hear every fucking note, and he's so meticulous with his playing, so it's like. It's the same style, but Navarro is the sloppy version of Frusciante. So then he has to use the 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 distortion, the overdrive on his on his amps, to kind of like, I guess you could say, mask his his imperfections. So it's like, does that make sense? Because Frusciante yeah. is just so precise. Well, I mean, Frusciante. I mean, not. that's that's not even that's not even like a fair comparison, though. It's, it's not. Like, yeah, it's, it's not. But but you hear a lot of the same rhythms. A lot of the same rhythms that 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 Navarro plays is very in the style of Frusciante, and then before him was Hillel, like because Hillel and and Frusciante had that 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 very kind of like funk kind of that funk style rhythm that they always play. But then, but both guitar players were so clean in their tones, where you can hear everything, you hear every note, and then when they did hit the overdrive, like it came in super powerful and and it complemented what everybody else is doing in the band. But with Navarro, it's like, it's all overdrive. It's all distortion. It's all effects. But can, I feel like for Shantae and Hillel didn't really do that as much. You can tell that like, like a guy like for and then Dave, you can tell they both like grew up listening to the same music and they both yeah. probably like a lot of the same artists. It's just like, Dave is just not, not as good. He's and not as proficient, I guess you could because, say. Because, I mean, they both play, like you said, they both play kind of the same way. The, yeah. I, I know they both have something in their mind that's the same. It's just Frusciante is, is, <laughs> is on another level of articulating what he's thinking, whereas Dave can't quite yeah. get his fingers to do what, he, what his mind wants him to do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But that's where, exactly. But that's where like, that, that, you know, that's where, that's where Eric and Steven come in and, and there are times on this record where, like, you think Steven's playing sloppy. You're like, what the fuck? But then you notice that that it's Dave. Dave's playing sloppy, and Steven's just trying to, like, yeah. like, dude, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Yeah. I'm doing my best to help you. And it's just, <laughs> it's totally like, true. That's fucking rad. But you don't, it like, is. you don't, you know, like, like the main, I don't know, the populace see Perry as as the front man of this, and then Dave because he's shirtless and sexy boy with tattoos. Like until this week, I had no idea what Eric or Steven even looked like. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's this this band was uh, this band is a phenomenal band, but they became a record label band very yes, very yes, quickly. Yes. Like first album quickly. Oh, totally, totally. If and it all comes down to to greed in the end. That that I think that's what destroyed the band was was the egos and the greed from really one member, but. Whatever. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna play. I want to play stop because listen. Have, listen to that first. Okay, so the first time that that it gets dead quiet, like one of my favorite yeah. parts in this record. It's so stupid and it's just so dumb and pointless. But the first time that it that it stops, you it's really quiet. And then you hear this really faint cymbal hit. That's my favorite part. It's like almost entire album. It's, it's so dumb. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Okay. Here's uh here here's stop from uh from the Jane's Addictions. Señoras, nosotros tenemos más influencia con sus hijos que tú tienes, pero los queremos. Creado y regado de Los Ángeles, 
Juana's Addiction. From Jane's Addiction, the opener, the best song on the record. We both agreed on that one, which is nice. It's always nice when we agree. Doesn't happen often, but um, so so that part, like, kind of around like the one forty mark, right? Is the way is that we were talking about the quiet part? Yeah, it's 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 the first it's the first stop. It it's the first quiet part, and it's it's so faint. It's yeah, like I, you got it. You got to really listen to it. It's there, and it's just a really it's a really subtle like hi-hat hit and it's like he couldn't quite contain himself like he wanted to keep going and he's like fuck it and it's hit like one time and then they jumped into it it's it's good hey that's a great song it's a really really good song and you know outside of like modern modern dave navarro like because i first started noticing dave navarro it had to have been like the early 2000s maybe late 90s and it was, he was doing some like show on VH1. He was hosting some show on VH1. I don't remember what it was. And then like Carmen Electra, he was dating Carmen Electra at the time. And she was doing stuff on VH1. So I remember seeing him a lot and they had that reality show. So I always had this like, I only saw him like modern Dave Navarro. And then it was maybe like two years ago. I was I like some clip, some video clip of this music video came up and I'm like, dude, there's no way that's Dave Navarro. Like I, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't fathom it. I it just didn't make any sense to me. And then even this week watching the video for stop, dude, he does not look like that at all anymore. Like the, it's like a totally different person because he's like, I, I don't know and, if you, and not a complete wiener. No, but no, not even that. Just like his face, everything about him just doesn't even look the same. Just that. I mean, cause now he, he's very, very light skinned, but in this video, he's, much darker skinned his facial features are entirely different maybe it's like the facial hair too and i don't know man he just he looks completely fucking different 
I would never recognize him. But then Perry Farrell, he looks exactly like how he did in 1990. The dude hasn't fucking aged. Yeah, I. But I think like Dave, Dave Navarro, Navarro for sure. Like, I mean, he has he, he clearly he's had a lot of work done on his face. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't like, look bad. Watching, like he's, he's not like an like, ugly he looks, person. He looks the same. He yeah. looks. He looks like an old guy trying to look like he's young. Like that's mm-hmm. that's that's the type of work he's had done. Like clearly you're I like we all know you're old, dude. You've been around for decades. But even so like I, but even looking at him in like 2000, 2001 compared to 1990, he doesn't look the same. To me, I I just I couldn't believe it was the same person. When I first came across his video a couple years ago, I I couldn't believe it. Blew me away. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I just, the video is just, it's so cool though. The video is awesome. It's rad. It's just a backyard party. It's Perry surfing. Uh, it's just like, it looks like so much fun. looks like so, such a good time. It's it, and, I, and I have that amp too. That Marshall amp he's using. I have that same exact amp. It looks like a band that's just having a good time. And, and you, you, you can't help but think that it's, it's all a sham. It's all a joke. It <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, it's hard not to think that. But they do a good job of acting, you know. They, I don't yeah, know, playing it off like they're having a good time, even though they probably haven't had fun in like two or three years. But <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, it was I, I really enjoyed the video. It was my out of all the out of the three videos for this album, this was the easily the best one because yeah, the well I, the I one think the, I think I think Stealing had a had a fun video. That was that was a, it was fun, but it was, was so nineties. It was. It yeah. Was, yeah, it was funny, but it was very, very, very nineties, which was fine. You know, I mean, what do you expect? But the the video for what's a uh, classic girl, dude, that video was terrible. Yeah, it was garbage. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> but um, so yeah, those that that that's our one our one B. So, uh, what do you got for your two B? Uh, so my two B, my three B. I still kind of went back and forth. Um, it, it was kind of a tie between been, been Caught Stealing and then the next song, Three Days. Hmm. I really like Three Days. So I may, I may give that my 2B, but I don't know. So, yeah, Three Days didn't make it as a banger for me. Oh, dude, this song is so good. I mean, I understand what they were doing, but it was just like, it was a, it was a cool buildup kind of towards like, you know, the late the latter half of the song but like if there was more like ups and downs in the song it could have been way cooler but it was a lot of the same a lot of the same for me but that was i mean it's not, okay, it's so not first a bad of all, song, this 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 song easily has like the best fucking baseline that avery did on the entire album no, right when great. it starts no, off it's totally it's, that is like the best the coolest baseline on the entire album and like clearly, yeah, you're right. The, the, like, there's a deliberate attempt here to write some type of like stairway to heaven or, or Freebird or whatever they thought they were gonna write. Like, you can clearly hear that. <laughs> but like, it's heavy and sludgy, yeah. and it's still pleasant. And and Navarro really like steps up his game. This was a song that really made me think like, okay, Navarro isn't just a face and and mm-hmm. and pecs. Because it's, it's uh, you know, he, he does a lot of cool, like, clean riffage. And, and, I mean, normally he adds a lot of delay and verb on his stuff. Whatever. It's kind of hide all his imperfections. 
but which is know, fine. Like it, I mean, it's, it's fucking, fine. Look, look at uh, Jimmy Page. It's kind of the same thing. Well, Jimmy not, Page's not the most perfect. Good guitarist, but no, he is, no, he is a he is a great guitar player. But I mean, he hides some of, but he hides. You know, he hides his imperfections behind you know distortion and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but then you so know he, he can do. He can like look at open holes and far away. Like you know he can do acoustic shit just as good. Like you know he can be quick. Yeah, it's true. The fuck out of Jimmy Page. But but if we're talking about like classic guitar players too, Tony Iommi, I think is a better guitar player technically than Jimmy Page. I stand by that. I I could see technically innovative, maybe no, but technically I could see that. I uh, see. I don't. I I think Tony Iommi is more innovative too. I think I think I think I really Jimmy do. Page did more for music than Tony Iommi could ever think about in his mm. in his ring finger or whatever whatever finger it was. <laughs> his two his two fingers, not even just one. It was two. Fingers. Oh yeah, his two fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and he chopped off. Anyway, um, but anyway, three yeah, days, yeah, we're, we're, we're three days. Away, yeah. Dude, when the band comes together, when the band comes in together, it's heavy and it's loud, but it's not too much. You like mm. there are times you can come in too heavy. And and what I liked about this song is there were, for instance, when they come in and it's heavy and it's loud, when you come in too heavy sometimes, you can lead the listener to think that a major like pacing change is coming on very quickly. Oh, yeah. So, That's so when people come in really heavy, really loud, you're like, okay, something's going to change fast. And then if it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. as the listener, you're kind of disappointed. This This song comes in really heavy and loud, but it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't cross that line to where as a listener you think that something else is going to happen and then when it doesn't happen you're not let down. And this mm-hmm. entire song is just dude, it's slow and it's deliberate. It speeds up but it's a slow burn and the payoff it's comes a very only slow burn. Dude, it's, it comes only after we've earned it. And there's even like a couple parts. There's, there's a couple parts around the four minute mark that seem like a natural place to change but mm-hmm. they don't. They purposely don't. And they even kind of like trick you. You know, they they like double time the drums real quick and then go back into the same thing. And then usually when you when you yeah. when you when you do these little cues, when you when you lead into things like that, you know that the song's gonna change and they don't ever do it. So it's just this like like in much as a song is what what I read, it's just about Perry's three day, three way that he had with two other girls. Much like that yeah. kind of concept, it's just it's just constant climaxing. You're constantly crescendoing. You're constantly getting better and better and better. Everything's just getting better. Life couldn't be better yeah. until it's better, and that's what this song is until about. It's, it's just yeah, until constantly it gets better, yeah. but that, it never even really that, explodes. It never gets it never gets like crazy. It just it just gets good. I wouldn't say it just gets good. It. I feel like they could have cut out like two to three minutes of this song and it would have been way better, especially in the beginning because you, you, yeah, it kind of, you have like the first four to five minutes where it just, it kind of is the same thing. And then you start, and then it starts building and then it finally hits. And then you have another like two minutes of just like the same from the beginning. Like if you cut out, you could have easily cut out two to three minutes in the beginning and it would have been so much more effective. Not to say it's a bad song cuz I do like this song but it it's not a banger. And I and I and I like what they were doing with this like lyrically mixing it with the song and 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 all of that. I think that is fan. That was really good, but it could have been shorter for sure. 
because they're, they're not they're, they're ambitious but they're not good enough to be that ambitious they're just not or well, at least not navarro and perry but but steven and, and eric definitely are but then i feel like perry held those two guys back like really held those two guys back well perry just been sing for half of this song I know he's and completely absent for half of it, and then the other half is. is really just all of Steven and, and Eric, and then parts of this song, which which is what really like, kind of made me th- realize that Dave is a really good guitarist because he's a really good guitarist. No, he's, he's good. No, yeah, I, he's he's fantastic. He's not like a, the best, but he's really really fucking good, and he, he has is, a lot of yeah. solos here, and a lot of his solos are very just like jammy shit and it's it reminded me a lot of of like somebody who's a fan a really big fan of both the grateful dead and van halen somebody who likes just psychedelic jam numbers but also really likes metal music and that's how dave navarro Mm -hmm. kind of plays he's not like exceptional at it but he's really good at it and that's that's what he does well he's good enough to where it doesn't sound like shit and then luckily he has he has steven and eric backing him up to where it makes him sound even better. Mm-hmm. See, that's another thing too that that I thought was so interesting about Dave Navarro was that I've always pegged him as being like a very bluesy guitar player, much like Slash was or Slash is, I should say, he, very blues based. But but Navarro really isn't that. He 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 is more funk based. He is more metal based. But he doesn't like. It's weird because he doesn't shine in 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 either one of the genres. He's good. He's definitely he's not. Good. He's just not good he's enough. Not, <laughs> he he. Like, we, we're, we're, I'm not even like talking shit on him because he is a I know, really good guitar player. He's very good, but what he's doing is just like. It's not. It's definitely not bad at all. But it's just like I don't know. I I can't even explain it. it it's we're, weird. We're it's we're weird. kind of shitting on him, but we're also. But, I mean, we've done a lot of really good artists on this pod. Like, look at John Mayer. Like, John Mayer, to the layman, like, you would never think John Mayer's, you know, good at the guitar, right? He does not look like he's good at the guitar. No. A lot of his, like, solo music is very pop-focused, and it's it's got blues elements here or there. But you would never think, like, John Mayer can fucking no. shred it up. Look at him, and then he right? fucking and then he and then he goes and tours with fucking Double Trouble and does entire sets of Stevie Ray Vaughan with Double Trouble. And just fucking <laughs> destroys it. And then more recently, you know, you know, in the last four or five years with Grateful Dead, he's pretty much taken over Jerry Garcia's role in the band and has been touring with them. And slays it. And slay, yeah, he slays it with Grateful Dead. He slayed it with Stevie Ray Vaughan's band. Dude, the guy, and so it's the guy just, is a remarkable like we, guitar player. When we talk about how Dave Navarro is not a good guitar player, it's just like, okay, well, like we're comparing him to some of the greats. When John Mayer is kind of one of the greats. He's fucking phenomenal. And, 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 really and but is. Dave Navarro, Dave Navarro is also really, really, really good. He's uh, he's like B plus, you know. And I've all like the greats. He's like <laughs> B plus, which is yeah, really yeah. good. No, I we, agree. we talk about like B team bands, like Deep Purple's like the best of the B teams, right? Yeah, like totally. Fucking Grand Funk are up there in the B teams. B teams for sure. Yeah, Richie so Blackmore, not, like Richie Blackmore, is a great guitar player, but I wouldn't. I would to me, I personally wouldn't put him up there with Jimmy Page, Tony Iommi. Or anything like that, but no, he's but, but he's fucking the yeah. one of the best of the B teams. Oh, for, I, th- I think Richie Blackmore is the best of the B teams 
for but sure. coming off the bench, like, come on. Like, how many Lamar Odom and his heyday coming off the bench? Are you <laughs> kidding me? Unstoppable. Like, just yeah, because no, you're coming off true, the yeah. bench doesn't mean that you're, like, bad. And so, yes, yeah. we are shooting on Dave Navarro a lot, but he's not bad. He's still really, really good. A lot better than, I think, than for sure, like me. I think we both gave, ever gave him credit for. No, and I think With we're also that being said, so... We're also, I think we're also being very critical of the band and him in general because of how highly regarded that they are. And yeah. we've never really like seen it or even now we don't really see like, I think this is like, this is another one of those bands. Like it was, a, you had to be there to really get it, to really truly get the, the feel of the band and, and what they were going after. You had to be in that generation and that, that scene and we just weren't there. It just it was before our time. So that's kind of how I'm viewing it too. Yeah. But so I mean, yeah, you you're right. It's yeah. Cuz de- I mean, definitely nobody in this band is truly bad. Truly nobody's bad, but I mean, obviously Perry is the worst, but um but no, Dave Dave is too many good stuff player. on this on this on this on this pod to to yeah, take the shit line exactly. down. Exactly. And and Eric Avery is fuck dude. An underrated bass player. I mean I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but he is an underrated bass player for sure. I I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but he is. I, I so. think so too. I mean, especially on their first album, nothing shocking. I think he had some of his best parts were on that album. Some of his funkiest stuff. And this band is really funky too. Just mm-hmm. really like early chili peppers funky, just really like nasty stuff. And you can tell Dave's oh, totally. trying really hard to keep up with Steven and Eric because Steven and Eric could just write a fucking album by themselves and just lay down That'd bass be the lines. Coolest and, and fucking thing. It just, it would be just phenomenal. But, but, but like you can tell Dave's trying to keep up. Like, like it's a jam session mm-hmm. with somebody who's not quite on the same level, but they are having a good time. And that's, that's yeah. Dave. Like they're, he's, they're, he's trying. Just, yeah. They're, that, that's the best way of putting it. They're a band where not everybody is as good as the other, but they're all just having a, a great time just hanging out. The That's problem with Dave is. is is he he puts on this aura, this this uh this mask that he's like God's gift to, to women for one and and the guitar world. So <laughs> that's a little irritating. His image his image is irritating. Yeah. And he can't really back Yeah, it his up. his image is the worst part of it. Yeah. Because Slash um, has almost the same image. Like, Slash and him kind of had the same image. Well, they, yeah, and they, they came around at the same time, too. So but, sad. but Slash is phenomenal and better than Dave Navarro. I agree. And I'm not even a big fan of Slash, but I agree with you. Um, so What's your 2B? Oh, my 2B is Ain't No Right. Ain't that no one right. is the... Uh, it starts out with, with that like that weird... That weird intro with like the the electronic beat. I guess some have said like the dub bass, beat, baby. But, yeah, but I don't. I don't know. It, it sounds kind of silly. It's so unnecessary. But then it immediately jumps into that 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 punk bass line, and you're just funk off to punk. the races. It it's so good. It's so fucking good. And the way that the way that Eric and Steven play off of each other in the verses, oh my god, it's 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 to die for. To die for. <laughs> I, I it's it's, un, it's unstoppable. Like that that entire just those things right there make this song my two B. 
just that rhythm section. I, I don't even care about Dave and what Dave and Perry are doing. Like what's going on with that rhythm section is it's flawless. It's perfect. Well, I mean, you yeah, don't, that, yeah, you don't, you don't really need, you don't really need Dave or Perry at all in this one. This is, dude, the bass is no. very, very burpy. It's very loud. Um, there's burpy, a lot of soundscape yeah. stuff going on. There's a lot of like swells and phaser effects and, and yeah, they kind of really, add yeah, kinda. to like the weird quirky element of the song. But I mm-hmm. mean, that's just Dave trying to make his presence known to not be excluded. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then it's also so annoying that like, like Perry, tries to like kind of take over the greatness of the song by having that intro there and then just other moments in the song it's so annoying it's just like let the rest of the band breathe and do their thing but now you you got to be friend center because you think you're cool front man but I don't know. this is it's this is one of the songs they had been playing since like the beginning since like like mid 80s stuff makes sense and this is i mean this is one of their the older songs so I'm I'm gonna play a little bit of it right now. So here's uh, "Ain't No Right" from uh, from Jane's Addiction. There you go. Ain't no right from Jane's addiction. As Dave Nar- Dave Navarro starts ripping out on guitar, but it's cool. It's so good. So like, besides the intro part with Perry, 
Yeah. Like that part's so good. I love his vocals there. I think they're so cool. In the intro, really? It's like he's just so goofy and it's so fun. It's so dumb and yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. He's not yeah, all bad. Good. No, he's not all bad. No, no, no. He's not all bad. But oh man, everything else is dude, Navarro just so solo's got solid such a in that song. Dude, Navarro solo has a straight up Van Halen tone to it. Like that tone that he uses on the guitar, that's Eddie Van Halen's it's, tone. Too, kind of, but it's a little bit like crunchier than Van Halen. Like, like Eddie had that that like the what how you put it last time I was out in Arizona. Like he has that hot tone, that that hot just hot was the best. He's ninety, to baby, describe. dude. It's just and it's so like even though he Eddie played with like a like the overdrive and the distortion, but it was still sounded clean. Like he had this weird. I, the, the craziest <laughs> was, tone I've ever heard. Like it almost sounded clean, but it wasn't a clean tone because he said he was such a pre- precise guitar player that th- there was no, there's nobody like Eddie Van Halen never has been. And I don't think ever will be like Eddie Van Halen, but Dave Navarro. Yeah. Like, like you said earlier, like Dave Navarro obviously takes from Van, Eddie Van Halen and, but he, he kind of, you know, adds a little bit more crunch, a little bit more distortion to kind of mask his, you know, I feel like imperfections. I feel like we would love Dave Navarro if if he would constantly say how much he loved Van Halen, how much he loved metal music, and how not good he is. If he just kept like like putting himself down and humbling himself, I feel like we'd fucking love him. We'd be like, no, dude, you're really, really good. But he never does that. And he, and he talks about how his idol is Van Halen and like he clearly tries to emulate him. And it's, it's I mean, it's, you know, you can't. It's not possible. No, and, and it's not, not at all. Not humbling himself, I think, uh, it's just a little irritating. Well, I think it's that. And then also, I think it's the way he's portrayed in the media. Like we were talking about too. It's, it's a little unfair because how everybody shows him is like he's this guitar god, which... Like we said, he's a good, good, he's a great guitar player, but he's not. He's B team. He's he not is a B team. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, a, he is. B-team. He's a mortal. He's not a titan. He's not yeah. a titan. He's yeah. not even a. He's not a. He's no. not an Olympian. He's a. You know, he's like a Hercules at best. <laughs> okay, that, that's a good way of describing it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then, then what's your what's your two B? Uh, I guess been caught stealing since since. Um, Three days was was my two B. Been caught stealing. This one was going back and forth between my two B with three days and been caught stealing. But what's he been caught stealing? Mm-hmm. My my three B. I think this is a banger song. It's good. Okay. I mean, this is my three B as well. So Damn, I mean, we already played it. No, no, yeah, no, we already played it. that. That was what we opened with. Yeah. Um. Fucking rad bassline by Avery. It's, no, we didn't talk about it. Dude, there's yeah, hand yeah. claps. Gotta love hand claps, right? Of course, and this and one's really funky. This is this is a funky little tune. The only part I've never understood was the dogs, like why the dogs barking. I oh, just, that's that's because uh, um, Perry had got a dog from the shelter, like recently, and I guess the dog was really like fucked up and it was really needy. So whenever Perry would mm-hmm. leave, the dog would like go crazy and get really sad or whatever. So we brought it to the rehearsal studio, and then it wouldn't shut the fuck up every time Perry left the room <laughs> to go sing or whatever. 
And so at the time in this drug fueled benders, they thought it was really funny because the dog would bark whenever Perry was in the booth or whatever. And they just, they kept it in there. Okay. So it's, okay. It's, I, Kind of a cute little story, I guess. <laughs> I like that explanation. It's not a. I like it. That was good. I thought it was going to be something just to be like an idiot and just annoy people, but I like that story. I like. It. <laughs> yeah, it's because the dog like wouldn't wouldn't let Perry leave its sight, and it would freak out, and then they just they couldn't get to shut the fuck up, so <laughs> they kept it. So they just kept it in the mix. Okay. Yeah, I, I, like I, I think Dave Navarro even said like at the time they thought it was really funny. But in hindsight, he's like, I don't know why we did that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when everyone is strung out. Um, yeah. So that's great. Exactly. That's, that's, Things that sound that's like great. a good idea are completely ridiculous and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time. It was a very different time. Heroin still wasn't completely stigmatized yet, I guess, right? Everyone, Dude, everyone heroin, in the music business is doing heroin. <laughs> Heroin's still that one drug, man, that's just like... Like, oh, you, you do heroin? Oh, uh, I don't think we can hang out. I don't think we can date. <laughs> like Anything, anything <laughs> yeah. else you do could could be fine. Just heroin's still that one fucking drug. <laughs> I know. It's where you draw the line, yeah. Unless, like, you've <laughs> been in kind of, like, in that, that kind of world at some point. Yeah, you just, you kind of... This is, you kind of distance yourself from, from other people. As, as sad as that sounds, but heroin's fucked, man. It's fucked. I've, I've never known anyone that was ever addicted to heroin. I mean, okay. I just, I've, I've only seen a, um, what's the movie with Jared Leto? Eternal oh, Sunshine Re- and the Spotless Mind? No, no, no. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both oh, really good God. movies, though. To be fair. Uh, no, no. Eternal Requiem Sunshine. Was good. No, it wasn't that good. It, it was really good. is not that good. It was good. No, it's not. It was, it was one of the few. Sure. It was it overrated, maybe, but it was one of the few movies where, like, you do drugs, you lose your arm, like that type of thing happened, and it, there was no like happy yeah. ending to that movie, and that's that's true. Good. I like that. But I like not happy. Ending I'm, I'm just not a. I guess I'm just not a Leto man. I, I don't care for that guy. I don't care for his his acting, and it's just not for me. I don't know. That's right. But, uh, heroin, yeah, hell of a drug. Uh, don't do it, and uh, don't let your friends and family do it because, uh, you know, it's fucking terrible. But what what are we what are we talking about? Oh, another cool thing here too is um, hmm. like like Dave's Dave's soloing here. I was reading that he ended up recording this using an unplugged electric guitar with a mic put real close to the strings. That way he could get he could get all of like the nuance, all of the uh, all the technical aspects of of like his picking of of his soloing of everything, and then overdub like a fuzz fuzzed out guitar to kind of give it a little bit of complexity, which is weird yeah. because this song isn't isn't that this, like what what makes this song so great is not the complex guitar, and so that no not at all. I thought that was weird. Like out of all the songs to 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 be proud of, like this is, this is the one. Okay, but this is also a guy who is not like he. It just seems like a weird move considering he's not the most precise of a guitar player. He's not. He's a sloppier guitar player. So why would I don't know? That seems strange. 
I think he was getting frustrated because, again, like he is really good, but I think he was getting yeah. frustrated at the overuse of the fuzz and the distortion to where his actual picking was getting muddled and it was getting kind of phased out and he wasn't hearing it. Mm-hmm. And he was probably getting frustrated and that's where that's where that came from. But okay. okay. Like like again, he's really good, but he's not a leader. He's not like I hate no, fucking no, no. comparing him to Eddie Van Halen because it's not fair. But he's not a leader. He can't drive a song forward just with his guitar. The way Steven can, no, the way Eric can, even the way Perry can. He can't drive Dave just can't drive a song forward. He is he is supporting cast only. Good supporting but cast. But also when you but just supporting cast. You, I guess the one way of looking at it too is like, can you can you actually hum along to any Dave Navarro guitar riff? You no. probably can't. No, maybe can't. maybe you, stop, but that's just the pacing, maybe, not not the riff itself. Yeah, not the riff. No, no, no. Yeah, it's definitely not the riff. But when you when you look at it with any other guitar driven song, you can hum along to anything. You can hum along to. I don't even know. Anything Frushant has ever done with the Chili Peppers, for one. Yeah. I mean, that's, oh, that's uh, true, yeah. first and foremost. Fucking, you can hum along to Eruption by Van Halen. Like, you just have <laughs> a guitar-driven song only. You That's a song in itself. <laughs> that's very true. And he's literally just shredding on the guitar. And even but like Frushant, he's not, like not in, the, in the talks of top 10 of all time. But you can hum along to fucking anything he's wrote with the Chili Peppers. Yeah. I mean, even like the cheesier songs like Californication or Scar Tissue. I mean, those are cheesy fucking songs. Oh, dude, Scar Tissue, Scar Tissue is like, dude, Scar Tissue is so good. That little, it is really good. But it's also the interplay. It's also the interplay between John and Flea. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's where that that band really shines is the interplay between those guys, but. See, we just keep jumping back to Chili Peppers because Dave Navarro was well, fucking in yeah. Chili Peppers. And there's a lot of there's a lot of influence from Jane's Addiction took a lot from the Chili Peppers, whereas the Chili Peppers took little to almost nothing from Jane's Addiction. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> so, not to say like Jane's Addiction yeah. is bad or anything, but like overall, I also I also think this band Jane's Addiction is very sloppy, very very chaotic. Like they don't even know what the fuck they're doing half the time. It just so happened to work out, but I, I just, mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like even Eric and Steven just couldn't, couldn't lasso in Perry and Dave. Like Perry, like Perry's just on his own fucking thing. And I think he listens to nobody. And I think Dave is caught in between wanting to be a musician with mm-hmm. Eric and Steven and wanting to be a rock star with Perry. And it made this band completely like non-cohesive and just, just a fucking that's, mess. That's a good, that's a good way of, putting that out there because yeah i totally agree with you totally this agree band, with you this band's one. a mess even like this album <laughs> this album is a mess <laughs> and this is like the most cohesive album they put out you know or of the yeah. original lineup i should say yeah yeah it's pretty crazy so uh so our three b's were, were the same were uh uh been caught stealing which is you know lyrically the it's about stealing stuff and liking and stealing. enjoying stealing stuff. Like there's no, there's no deeper meaning to this song. So what do you got for your four B? Cause I, I, like I said, I only have four, I only have four bangers. So, so my, my four B, my four B was ain't no right. Mm-hmm. 
I know, but that was your that was your that was your two B. That was my two B. Yeah. So what's what's your what's your last B? My my last B is no one's leaving the second song. Oh. Starts with that slap bass. Very Dude, that, that's a bass so line, baby. Yeah, so Red Hot Chili Peppers though. Yeah, through very. Yeah, I I I wrote. I said this song was a cool funky jam. Very early Chili Peppers. Yes, and uh, you know, this is another great example of the 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 play between Stephen and Eric. On I mean. Dude, they, they, they just match up so well. And then Steven has some really cool just drum parts, just really cool fills. And then the the transition between the the different parts of the songs with Eric's uh, little little bass bass notes or little notes that he throws in there just to transition is just it's so subtle, it's so dumb, but it oh my god, it sounds so good. I love it. Love you it. Know, it's, <laughs> So like when I go to my neighbors to jam and when I was jamming and I was on the guitar and then I had my, my one neighbor on the bass and then the, the drummer who mm-hmm. owned the drum set for full 30 years or whatever it was on the drums, I remember like jamming with them and I was like, oh, that was really good. But now that I think about it, like I was, I was like the Navarro at best to their, <laughs> to their, to their Perkins and, and uh, Avery. Like mm-hmm. that's. Like they, they they let me do my thing and just kind of like sat through it, and then even when they were doing their thing and I didn't even realize it, like they're they were probably switching up time signatures and and pacing and 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 different things that I didn't even like realize because they're both really really good and kind of on a mm-hmm. completely other level, and this one this one's a good example because the solo here. It seems wanky. It sounds like Navarro is like trying to like wank and like be like a a rock star guitarist. Yeah, but he's not because this is a very <laughs> bass driven song and and everyone is doing their own thing. But it's only Eric and Steven. Eric and Steven lay down the foundation and then kind of wander off, and then Dave just is just kind of left in the middle to carry the tune a little bit. Yeah, and totally. that's that's when like the little solo comes in, and he wanks a little bit. But realistically, like Eric's just walking all over the place, and Steven's just laying <laughs> down so these good. fucking weird little jazzy things, and then going into some like funk shit. And they all meet at the same spot, but it's almost like Eric and Steven let Dave. Like, good job, you did it, kid. You did it. You did a good job. <laughs> A for effort. A for effort. A, a, yes, exactly. A for effort. Good job. Gold star. You did it. And Dave was probably super proud of himself. We're in super actuality stoked, like yeah, Eric sure. and Steven. Or that, that was like a historic moment. <laughs> Man, I feel oh, stupid so jamming with those guys over there. <laughs> uh, so so should, yeah. I play, should, should I play a little bit of this one? Yeah, play a little bit of this one. What do you think? Okay. So here's a here's no one's leaving from Jane's addiction.
There you go. There's a bit of a uh, no one's leaving from James Addiction. Dude, Eric's bass playing. Oh my god, dude, I can't get over it. It's so good. It's <laughs> so funky. It's so funky. But even Dave's guitar playing too. It's so good. I don't know. That that is such a solid song. Great song. It's good. It's good. Yeah, great solo too. Like he he had, Dave had some really good good shredding during that that solo too. It, it was very uh it wasn't it wasn't overly wanky. Like it it still played really well to the song, but you know, Eric's bass was turned up so loud and it was so punchy that it it overtook it a little bit, but I will commend Dave on that solo. That was a solid solo. Really good. Really good stuff. On a song like that, Dave could play almost just about anything and it's still going to be fine. Like, it just <laughs> don't even fucking matter. Just hit hit uh, open strings at that point. Good. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because Eric Eric plays like a rhythm guitar player, which is it can be detrimental to a band, which I guess it kind of is with this band, but dude, he's so good at it. It, it reminds me also um, a bit of uh, Jeff Kresge with AFI when, when he was on the first two AFI records. I, I mean, he was the better of the two stringed instruments with Mark because Mark was, he's not a bad guitar player, but Kresge was a much better musician and a much better bass player. So his his bass playing overtook most of everything Mark ever did in that band. And that's why I feel like those first two AFI records are just, dude, they're so good. Just bass playing, he plays like a rhythm guitar player, and it sounds great. Yeah, it's they're, great. They're, good stuff. They're good. They're second to Black Sails, but they are really good. Ah, dude, get the fuck out of here. So that's it. That's Those are your only Bs, and you have no other Bs? Yeah. I have bees? got no other bangers. No, no other Killer okay. Bs. What else you got? Um, well, I mean, classic girl, I thought was, was, was fun because it came off the the last two, mm-hmm. but I, th- I think I just liked it a lot because it was, it was the closer and then she did. And of course we're slower, a little groovier, of course was very cheesy, but mm-hmm. classic girl was cool. We don't talk about it, but obvious was good. The fourth song, the, the blink cover. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The, <laughs> I totally yeah. Kidding. No, that was a cool one. It, it was cool, but then in, in the context of that, the first half of the record, it's the most lackluster. So it kind of, you kind of forget about it, you know? And then there's yeah. there's a lot of piano in this song too, but it's still good. It's still a good song. That's I think that's Perry hitting piano, and he has no idea how to play the piano. And <laughs> I can see that. I, I think like just going along the the theme of the song of just, I don't know, kind of being like, because the song's about some dude that was always trying to like drag Perry down and, and tell him that he ain't nothing, but Perry's like, Who the fuck are you? Then you know me. Yeah. And I think like that that playing that shitty piano playing is just Perry kind of it's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just gonna do what I want. And there are a lot of times in the song where the piano is just dude, not even hitting the same fucking notes. Like it's just all over the place and it just sounds like shit. Mm-hmm. But but it works. It works with not only the sloppy playing of this band but the theme of the song and, and what Perry's talking about and everything else. I think it's, I thought it was cool. It was a cool it was, layer. It it was cool within the context of this part of the, the record too, because it was more of like a, it wasn't as uh, like, it was more of like an atmospheric kind of song, I guess. 
this was know. like their dub song here. This is this is yeah, like in the beginning at least. Yeah, this is this is this is the one that reminded me of that, and that weird like, I don't know that weird. When Perry first comes in, his vocals are so strong and abrupt. I don't even know how to like explain it, but like some, I don't know, Tibetan monk hymn, like that mm-hmm. that wailing, that yelling that he's doing. I don't know what it is, but it's fucking weird. I it liked is weird. It. It, th- there were there were cool moments like that, but I feel like there were also moments where it would have been cool if like if Perry just kind of sat back and let the others do their thing and just kind of like. There's a lot of vocals on this song. Yeah. Almost to the point where it was just, uh, it was a little much, but overall it was a cool song. Definitely a cool song, but just not a banger for me. But I think, like I said, that's only really because of where it sits within the album sequencing. So well, It's um, hard to keep coming off Ain't No Right and then going before Been Caught Stealing. It's, I know. That's it, tough. It's really, like it would have been way better if this was after Been Caught Stealing. So this would have been like a cool transition into the slower part of the record. But... What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And this was like this was like the only part of the record too where Perry and Navarro get kind of like the last laugh because the last part of this is just like Perry banging away on the keys and then Navarro is just wailing away and then like within seconds it just brings it all back with a slow outro. But the minute mm-hmm. prior to that, because it's a long song, the minute yeah, prior to that is just kind of like them two, and then and then Steven and, and Eric kind of take the back seat for once and just let them let the kids play let the kids do their <laughs> yeah, that's thing. what i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say that and and then they come back in to, to fix all the wrongs and then they kind of they finish it out like so. all right guys all right all right shut the fuck out here we go let's end this <laughs> we got we got to end the song because you obviously can't do it um <laughs> do you want to play a little bit of obvious no nah, that's all right that's all right you sure yeah that's right okay sounds um, like it's the blink song Oh, no, the Blink song. I mean, I could play the Blink song. Do you want to play that one? <laughs> I mean, that would be awful, but yeah, you could play the Blink song. <laughs> nah, I'm not going to do that. Make, that would make zero fucking sense. <laughs> it's a better song. I mean, but I don't know. Uh, so we've talked about every song on this record. Yeah, every song. I mean, there's only nine songs, but whatever. Nine songs, 51 minutes. Oof, what an album. What an album. Yeah. Uh, we can wrap it so, up. Let's wrap it up. Wrap yes. it up. What do, you, what do you got for your final thoughts? And then your ranking. We have a three-point ranking system where three is a perfect album. Uh, two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to. One is a bad album, but give it a shot. And zero is uh, just just awful. Trash fire. Don't bother with it. So what do you got? Um, I, I guess I just I was surprised. This has been the second week in a row where I've, I've been pleasantly surprised at the overall discography of a band. Last mm-hmm. week was Static X, and this week was Jane's Addiction, and both weeks have been, have been, at least entertaining, and and this oh, one was, yeah. this one was fun. This one had a lot more history to it than Static X did. There's a lot more to read about, uh, a lot more personal than than Static X was. Even though mm-hmm. the the demise of Wayne Static was you know just as bad as some of these guys' backstories or whatever, but. This is uh this was fun. I, I had a great time with it. I'm glad we did this. I don't I just can't imagine I would ever do this outside of like the pod. Had we not just did it? Maybe like mm-hmm. somewhere down the line I would have listened to one out of their albums, but I just never would have dove this deep into it and, and really appreciate it. I probably would have listened to probably their first album and then been like, Okay, that's 
that's fine, whatever. Because I just, mm. I don't know, I don't like Jane Says, and then that'd have been it. So I'm, I'm glad I did this. I have a newfound respect for Dave Navarro, mostly because I had zero respect for Dave Navarro, but I, now I have a newfound <laughs> respect for Dave Navarro. I have a lot less respect for uh, for for Perry. I'd have much to begin with, but now I have like zero. And then mm-hmm. holy shit, dude! Like Stephen and, and Eric, like I I had no idea that they were they were the backbone of the band. They were they were the reason this band essentially were good. Not the reason they, they were are unique, the best part of it, but the reason they were good. So yes. Yeah, given that, um, I'll listen to this. If I see this on the vinyls, I'll even buy it. I've already checked. It's like a $30 record. That's not oh, going to happen. Oh, fuck that. No, so, um, But, I mean, if I saw this, like, even new for 20 bucks, I'd probably pick this up. Because the first half alone is just, like, that's fucking good. Like, Stop alone is... 20 bucks damn, that's though? 20 bucks for a brand new... Yeah, for yeah, I'd, I'd buy this for 20 bucks. Okay. All right. All right. Um, given all that, um, I'm gonna do. See, I want to go as high as a two five, but I don't know if I could do two five. I don't think you. I don't think you could. I'll do two four. Two point. I get this album two point four. I will <laughs> listen to this. I will listen to this again, but mm. I really could do without. Then she did, and then the three days or. Um, Whatever the fuck those two songs were back to back, not three days. Then she did. And <laughs> I know, I get it. Whatever those two songs were, I already deleted yeah. my notes. So, <laughs> the Middle Eastern then, sounding song and the one before it, those two songs I could do without. But everything else, like I thought, was fucking phenomenal. And stop and been caught stealing alone is worth another listen. So I'll do two point four. Two point four. That's way yeah. higher than I thought. But yeah, yeah. me too. Fucking a. <laughs> Okay, so my final thoughts real quick. Uh, this was um, a much better week than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I did really enjoy myself. There was no no bad moments, even though the last two records I'll never go back to. But uh, the, the, these first three, for sure. I'll, I mean, this was, this was fun. This was really fun. There's some really great moments, like you said, with Eric and Steven. I mean, truly the greatest part of this band. And Dave was better than I thought, but still, he's B-team. Like we, we've already said it several times. He's B team. Perry is dude, just not good. Um, <laughs> and then I don't know. I think as a whole, this album is cool. Like I, I'm totally cool listening to this front to back. I don't get bored at all. Um, but then, you know, the first half is clearly better than the second. Just it's, it's almost like you, you get through the first five songs and you're like, okay, I'm on this, like this, I'm in a good mood. Like I'm really enjoying myself. And even like the kind of downer moments after that, you can kind of get through them because you're still kind of on that, that high of the, those first five. So it's interesting. It's very interesting. And, um, like I said, much better than I thought. And huge shout out to Eric Avery. Cause that guy, man, he did that guy deserves every bit of credit and respect that he's ever received. Cause solid but my final rating is uh, i'm just gonna give it a two out of three i don't i think it's solid but it's not it's not anything above a two out of three i'll go back to it definitely go back yeah definitely go back to it but if if every if almost every song was like a through and through banger then i would give it higher but the second half of the record is not they're not bangers 
So you're just still, like I said, you're still feeding off of that high of the first five. So there you go. I give it a two out of three. Two out of three. So, yeah. I don't know. You got you got any fighting? You got anything else to say about it or what? No, that's uh, that's it. That's all, folks. Okay. So go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Uh, thank you all for listening. Stay tuned because, I don't know, next week, I think I know what we're doing. But, I don't know, listen to that too because what else have you got to do? Nothing. So that's it. That's all. Go try it. But he'll probably say, no, that's a, that's a shitty brewery. No, I'm not going to try it. That brewery is all run by this guy who did this yeah. thing with this girl, and they are blah, blah, blah. If I haven't discovered it first, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> so that's Mike. Got him. That's Mike. <laughs> this is his live album from 86. It came out after his fifth album. Album? Album. Album. Yes, album. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, without so many fucking albums. To why would you want to do Savage Garden? (laughs) Who cares? God, they had one of the biggest hits of the '90s. I don't give a dude. Fucking uh, the '90s? Are you kidding me? '90s belongs to Marcy Playground. That is it. Good night. What about Nirvana? Call it a day. Nir Nir who? The joke was, why can't you take a shower with a Pokemon? <laughs> because he might Pikachu. <laughs> uh, that's a classic. 20-year-old classic right there. <laughs> um, the the other thing that came out was The Offspring, their new record called The La- Le- uh, There you go. Called <laughs> Let the Bad... <laughs> what a fucking mess. So, so my neighbor, he... um. Uh, bubbling your throat, to, huh? No, I'm trying to like swallow some of this this chicken pot pie that got stuck in my throat. <laughs> my, <laughs> my neighbor posted a pot pie. 